Welcome to our fifth week in our series, Authentic Prayer. We are so glad that you are joining us today, and I'm so excited to have Amber joining me. For those of you who may not know Amber, she and her husband are the youth pastors here at the bridge. She's also our office manager and just a huge part of our bridge church team. Yeah, I'm so glad to be here with you today. Well, we're glad you are, and you are going to hear from her in a little bit. Just an awesome testimony of answered prayer. But if you are joining us for the first time in this series, you know, we have really just been walking through the Lord's Prayer section by section, and we're using the word pray as an acronym to look at the different aspects of prayer. And we're seeing that the Lord's Prayer is really a framework for prayer that Jesus gave us. And basically everything else in the word ties into this framework for prayer. And we're seeing that as we walk through this. And we saw that the P in our acronym stands for praise, because praise is an important part of our prayer lives. And R stands for for release, because if we want to see God's will in our lives, that means we need to release our will to him. And the A stands for ask. And for asking, we are looking at verses 11 and 12. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And we started looking at these verses last week and we talked about asking for our own personal needs. But today is really a part two of asking before we move on to the why next week. And as I said, we focused on asking for our own personal needs last week. But this week, we are going to talk about asking on behalf of others. And then these verses also talk about forgiveness. Part of our asking of God should also be asking for forgiveness and asking for God's help in forgiving others. And so to start out with today, we want to focus in, first of all, on asking on behalf of others. And the Bible has a lot to say about who we should ask for, who we should be praying for. In Matthew 5, verse 44, it says, But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Wow. This verse is telling us to pray for our enemies, and they're not always the easiest ones to pray for. So if there's somebody in your life that you're having a hard time with, somebody that uh, you feel like they are against you, they are opposing you, a relationship where there's strife going on, we're supposed to be praying for those people. And we are going to see a little bit later on that it's important that we pray for them because God wants to intervene and work in those situations. And, and when we pray for them, amazing things happen. We're going to be talking about that a little bit later. But this is one of the first groups of people that we see that we should be praying for, pray for our enemies. And then in James 5, 14 and 15, it says, pray for the sick. Believers, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. We need to be praying for the sick. 1 Timothy 2 and verse 2 tells us to pray for those in authority. And we need to be doing that. And then in verse 1, it tells us to pray for all people, yeah. everyone. I mean, that's 
pretty inclusive. It covers it all. <laughs> it covers it all. Absolutely. So we need to be praying for each other. We need to be praying for all people, not just the ones that we feel like praying for. And you know, not only does the word tell us who to pray for, but then it gives us examples of people who prayed for others. And it starts really with Jesus. You know, in John 17, it shows us that Jesus prayed for the disciples. But then it also says that Jesus prayed for us. He prayed for everyone who would ever come to believe in him. That's you. That's me. That's all of you watching this. He prayed for us. It tells us that Jesus prayed for children numerous times. It tells us that he prayed for the sick. He prayed for the demon-possessed. Jesus even prayed for those who betrayed him, those who abused him, those who ultimately killed him. Wow. And then in Romans 8, it tells us that he is now seated at the right hand of the Father, ever interceding for us. Jesus is praying for us. And this is the heart of God, to pray for people, to have our focus and our eyes on people. So we need to follow Jesus' example and be praying for others. And the word gives us so many other examples as well. In the Gospels, we see so many people who walk to the earth with Jesus, who came to him asking for his intervention in other people's lives. We see the centurion who asked for healing for his servant. We see the ruler who who asked for healing for his daughter, and Jesus raised her from the dead. We see people who brought their family and their friends to Jesus, asking him to heal them and deliver them. He, he healed the blind, the mute. He delivered the demon-possessed. Remember the paralytic, his friends brought him and lowered him from the roof. Yeah, those are the kind of friends that I want in my life. Absolutely, (laughs) me too. But you know what? I also want to be that kind of friend. And when I read that story, it really challenges me like, wow, would I go to that extent to see God's intervention in others' lives, in my friends' lives. I want to be that person who will be fervent and passionate about praying to see God's intervention in others' lives. And you know, in Acts chapter 12, it gives us another example. When Peter was in prison, it says that the church stayed in constant prayer for him. And God answered that prayer and sent an angel to rescue him. And then the Apostle Paul, I mean, over and over in his letters, he he writes to the churches in the New Testament. He is praying for them. And it says that he prays for them without ceasing. And he prays for specific things for them. He prays that they'll be filled with knowledge and wisdom and spiritual understanding. He prays that they'll be strengthened and they'll live fruitful lives and they'll be full of the fruit of the Spirit, abounding in love and discernment. He prays specifically, and I love that. We need to be praying specifically for each other. And then we have the example of Moses in the Old Testament. He prayed over and over for the Israelites. I mean, the Israelites, you know, these ones that were driving him crazy, that kept rebelling against God and hardening their hearts towards God. But he didn't stop praying for them and to going to God on their behalf. I love that. And, you know, the word is just full of even so many more examples 
And I love that we have all these examples because it really shows us that my prayers don't need to sound like your prayers. Your prayers don't need to sound like my prayers. Our prayers don't need to sound like anyone else's prayers. They can just be authentically ours as we sincerely from our hearts pray for those in our world around us. And Amber, I know you have a story of somebody that you prayed for for a yeah. long time and you really saw God answer that prayer. Would yep. you share that with us? Yeah, absolutely. I'm so excited to share because it's something that I prayed for and I'm living in that answered prayer today. So I'm excited to share that with you. Uh, so growing up, me and my sister, we grew up um, not in the church and none of my family went to church. And so um, years of not going to church and kind of not living in the ways of God and not, you know, our parents not really leading us in that, my sister sort of hardened her heart towards God um, to a place where she didn't even believe in God. She claimed to be an atheist. And and so um, when I started to get serious with my faith, I got saved in junior high when my mom started to take us to church later on in life. And my sister continued to harden her heart. So that's, she had gotten to a place where she didn't believe in God at all. And, um, but once I got saved, I kind of would still just go to church. But I remember specifically once I got to high school, I started to take my faith seriously and that's when I began to, I got my first Bible. I began to read my word. I began to reach out. I began to go to youth group in a serious, genuine way. And I remember in that time where I had shifted, like, I'm not just going to go to church and, like, do this Christian thing. I'm actually going to, like, do this, like, where I'm getting to know God and I'm reading and praying and all of those things. I remember God placed a heavy burden on my heart to pray for my sister, who at that time, you know, was still claiming to not believe in God in any way, um, so much so that she claimed to be atheist and was very outspoken about that. And so God placed that burden in my heart to pray for her um, later in high school. And, and I just remember feeling so passionate about it, that it wasn't just like, you know, sometimes we'll just bring up prayers where it's like, you know, at a connect group even, or um, I remember I would bring up you know, hey, like I want to pray for my family, my sister to be saved. And sometimes that can seem very general, but I was very specific. God had placed that in my heart that I need to keep praying for my sister, that she will be saved and that she will walk with God in life. And what's more encouraging is that I knew that when she had that moment of surrender with God, that she would be leading her husband and her six kids behind her. So I knew I was so, I'm still so very close to my nieces and nephews and I wanted them to walk in the things of God, to know God, to live in that abundance, to live that life walking hand in hand with God. I wanted that for them um, in their own personal lives because I could encourage them. I could be that light, but I wanted them to experience that for themselves. And so that's where that burden, that passion came to pray for my sister. And I remember, you know, beginning to start to pray, bring it up at every meeting I went to. Any time a prayer request uh, was asked, I prayed for my sister for her to be saved, and I believed that God would do it. And I remember 10 years into praying, starting to get very discouraged. Nothing had changed in my sister's life. Nothing had shifted. She didn't know God. And 10 years in, I'm like, I just, I don't see changes, God. And I was so discouraged. And I remember on a Sunday, God had spoke to me and said, do not be focused on how long you've been praying. The enemy wants you to think, oh, I've been praying for this for so long. Nothing's going to change. 
but really change your perspective and remember that you're closer to that moment of surrender, not further away. So you're 10 years closer to that moment where my sister is going to surrender her life to God. And so God encouraged my heart after 10 years of praying when I was very discouraged. And so in that moment, I felt like my passion came back to pray. Um, And that's why it's so important to be expectant, to hear God's word um, from your pastor and and just to, to be open to what he has to say because that changed the way I prayed for my sister. I began to be passionate again. I began to feel that burden that I had. Um, I continued to bring it up and believe like this is going to happen because I knew God was going to show up. I just didn't see it. So in 2019, last year, my sister called me and she had called me crying. She was super frustrated because my nephew, she was having some issues at um, school with him and his teacher. And I was trying to walk her through that. And while walking her through that, I was just encouraging her, like, God is going to take care of him. God's going to take care of the situation. Um, Don't be so hurt by it. And I had brought up that, hey, you know what today is? Because it was just interesting that she had called me on this day. And I said, you know what today is? Because I always tried to find a moment to bring God into the conversation because I knew that God would use that. And I let her know, hey, today's Good Friday. And that, she kind of got quiet in the conversation. And I was like, do you know what Good Friday is? And she just started to cry and, and talk with me. And she said, you know what? I've never told you this, but back in 2006, when my nephew Adrian, who we were just talking about, when he was born in 2006, my sister's second kid, he was born with an underdeveloped heart and he almost died at birth. He had to have an immediate heart surgery and two other heart surgeries in that year. So my sister was in the hospital a lot. And she remembered there was a time in the hospital where she prayed, God, save my son, and I'll do whatever you want. I'll surrender to you. I'll do anything. And in that moment when I had talked to her about it being Good Friday, it connected her back to that God moment she had. And in that moment, I could tell that God was breaking down all of this hardened heart, all all of the, the, the God things that she was against. He was breaking that down in this moment. And she was having a real moment with God and he was reminding her, Hey, I saved your son. I took care of him because we always call him the miracle child, Adrian. He has an underdeveloped heart. He hasn't been on medication for a few years. He's been doing so good at his cardiology appointments and stuff. And so God saved him and has kept him healthy. And so God reminded her in that moment, Hey, remember you prayed that. And so that weekend, um, I talked her through, Hey, that was a God moment. God is speaking to you. And she didn't in that moment, I didn't get to pray with her in that moment. Um, well, pray with, pray the sinner's prayer with her in that moment. But I got to just pray for her and encourage her and love on her and remind her that was God speaking to her and don't ever forget that to write that down. Well, that Sunday, she went to church with my aunt and that was Easter Sunday last year. And she completely surrendered to God, put it publicly on her Instagram. I am surrendered to God. I am living for him. She, that moment came that I had been praying for 13 years later, 13 years later. So that moment for me was so big because, you know, I remember being discouraged and having to walk through the process of that. Um, it was, it was so hard because I didn't think anything would change. Like I, I, but I had to keep wrapping my heart around God's burden that he placed on my heart to pray for her. And now her 
um, and her husband are both serving God, fully surrendered to God. All six of her kids are surrendered to God. They got baptized here at the Bridge Church last year, which was so beautiful. Corey and I got to baptize them. That was just an amazing moment. And just to, to know that God encouraged me. He walked me through this process, and he did what he said he was going to do. He, he was faithful, and he gave her the time to genuinely come to him. He didn't dictate her surrendered moment. Of, you know, God just continued to pursue her and continued to put place a burden on my heart. And now I'm living in that prayer that I prayed for her, that she is serving God. We do Bible studies together now. We pray together. And it's just an amazing thing to, to see God move in that way. Yeah, that yeah. is so awesome. I love that. You know, last week when we talked about the different scriptures that tell us how to pray, yeah. one of them was to be persistent yeah. in our prayers. And you were absolutely persistent yeah. in your prayers. You didn't give up. Don't yeah. give up. Yeah. No matter what you see with your eyes, no matter how long it's been, don't give yeah. up. Don't stop praying. God is faithful. That's right. He is faithful. Yes. So yeah. awesome. And you know, we need to pray for ourselves, but we need to pray for others. And Another thing that we need to be asking for is forgiveness. And we're going to see how this all works together. They're not separate things. The second part of the verses that we're looking at today in Matthew 6, verse 12 says, And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. You see, this is part of our asking also. We ask for forgiveness. And we need to ask for God's help in forgiving others. Forgiveness has a huge impact on our prayers, on our prayer lives, and on God hearing our prayers. You know, first of all, let's talk about our own personal forgiveness. Psalm 66, verse 18 says, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Wow. And then in Isaiah 59, 2, but your iniquities have separated you from God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. Mm -hmm. I want God to hear my prayers. Yeah. I know you do too. Yeah. So we need to be coming to him, bringing things to him. When there's something going on in our lives that we need forgiveness for, we need to confess it to him. And we know that in 1 John 1 verse 9, it tells us that if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And so we come to him. We bring those things to him. We receive his forgiveness. And then we don't need to live under condemnation for it anymore. So often people bring it to him and then sit there beating themselves up and are paralyzed and don't move forward. But you know what repentance really means? Repentance means to come to God and then to turn and go in the right direction. So whatever it is we were doing that wasn't necessarily in alignment with, with God's ways, we need to bring that to him, surrender that to him, confess it to him, and then turn and go in his direction, take his course. That's what repentance means. So we need to be asking God to show us areas of our life 
continually every day. That should be our prayer. Show us areas where we need to make adjustments, where we need to repent. And sometimes we think, oh, it's these big, huge things. Well, I don't have any big, huge sin in my life. But sometimes it's the littlest thing. Sometimes it's, uh, oh, I was really irritated with my spouse. Oh, I was really harsh with the kids. Um, You know, sometimes it's, oh, I was pretty selfish in that situation. Sometimes it's these little things. I think most often it's these little things that we need to bring to God and ask for forgiveness in. But, you know, forgiving others also has a huge impact on God forgiving us. And also on our prayers. Matthew 6 and verses 14 and 15. Now, recognize that these are the two verses immediately on the heels of the Lord's Prayer. So as soon as the Lord's Prayer ends, these are the next two verses. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Whoa. Forgiving others has a direct impact on us being forgiven. These go hand in hand with each other. And then a verse we've been looking at every week, really, in this series, in James 5.16. I love the way this verse reads in the Passion Translation. We've been looking at the second half of this verse, but I want to talk about the first half of this verse. It says, confess and acknowledge how you have offended one another, and then pray for one another to be instantly healed. Now, just pause there for a moment before we continue the verse. If we, when we have strife or friction in a relationship, if we could just come together and confess our part, take responsibility for our part, and repent of that, confess that to each other, and then pray for each other, wow, what a difference that would make. And then the verse continues, and it says, For tremendous power is released through the passionate, heartfelt prayer of a godly believer. You see, this is really in context with praying for others, with forgiving. It all works hand in hand. When we forgive, when we walk in total forgiveness, praying for others, that's when our prayers have tremendous power. We can't genuinely pray for others when we're holding on to unforgiveness towards them. And so if we want to eliminate strife, hurt feelings, offenses, all of those things in relationships, then we need to take responsibility for our part, confess it to God, and then pray for that person. You know, in our humanity, we can only forgive so much. It's, we can only go so far, but with God, when we ask for his help, he will take us to a deeper level of forgiveness. I know I've seen it in my own life, someone that I really needed to forgive, someone who had hurt me, rejected me, abandoned me, and I was devastated, but I knew I needed to forgive if I was going to move forward with God. So over a process of time, I felt like I had forgiven this person. But then I remember so clearly one day God spoke to me and said, no, I want to take you to a deeper level of forgiveness. And I'm thinking, no, I'm good, God. I've really forgiven them. And he told me, I want you to pray for this person. And he told me specific areas of a prayer, things to specifically pray for, blessings in this person's life. And I knew it was God, and 
I didn't really want to do it, but I knew it was God, so I did. And I began to pray for these things. And I want to tell you what, it, I don't know that these prayers had any effect on the other person, but they had such an effect on me. It was like it unlocked something inside me and brought me to a greater level of freedom. And there is a deeper level of forgiveness that is supernatural that only comes with God's help when we allow him to help us forgive. And you know, I want to mention one final prayer in the word, and it's Jesus' final prayer before his death. In Luke 23, verse 26, he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Wow. I mean, think about that. He is praying for those who rejected him, who mocked him, who beat him, abusing him, beating him beyond recognition. He is praying for those who in the end, killed him. I think about that and I think, okay, there is no one that I can't forgive with God's help. He will help us forgive anyone. That's his heart. And you know, if we are going to effectively pray and ask God for our needs and see his intervention in our life, if we're going to effectively ask on behalf of others and see his intervention in others' lives, then asking for our own forgiveness and forgiving others needs to be a regular part of our prayer lives. And when we ask God for forgiveness, when we extend forgiveness, when we pray for others, we're going to see that it all works together. These aren't separate things. These aren't separate aspects. It's all working together and causing our prayers to be even more powerful. All right? Let's be women who ask of God, not just for what we need, but for others, and for forgiveness all the way around. All right? I want to pray for you today. Father, God, I just pray right now for every person watching. God, I pray that we would be people who would be quick to repent, that we would be quick to forgive. And God, that as we take on that lifestyle, that God, that you would then work in our relationships, God, and that you would stir our hearts to even more fully pray for others. God, give us a passion to pray for others. God, help us to be like those that lowered the paralytic from the roof, that would wouldn't let anything stop us from seeking your intervention for others' lives, God, not just for our own. And God, as we do, we just pray that you would hear, that you would answer, that you would do the miraculous through our prayers. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, hey, we want to give you girls some discussion questions to talk about there in your groups. First question is, do you actively and specifically pray for others? And our second question is, are there some people who are harder for you to pray for than others? And then number three, are you willing to start praying for those people? 
All right? We want to encourage you to take that step. And then this week, just really make a conscious decision to be praying for them. And remember, you don't have to do it on your own. Ask God for his help, and he will help you. We love you. We're praying for you. And we can't wait to join together with you again next week.